Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hello, Caviar Dreamers. I'm Margaret Josephs. And I'm Lexi Buputo. And every week we are bringing you entrepreneur real stories from leaders, disruptors, change makers, and risk takers. We may not be serious, but we seriously mean business. Hello, Caviar Dreamers. We are back. Your two blonde bombshells. We survived BravoCon. Yes, Lexi and the Marge. I don't know how we survived. My voice is still a little hoarse. Mine is not as bad as it was, but last week after BravoCon, I opened it and just a squeak came out. I know. I'm still yawning. No matter what, I've been trying to sleep, take care of myself, but I'm still a little bit of a train wreck. It was a lot. It really was a lot. And it was stressful. It was a lot of anxiety leading up to it. A lot of anxiety leading up to it. I met the most amazing people ever, the fans, everybody, other housewives, other Bravo celebrities from other shows, the family karma people, just everybody. Really, what a magical experience. It really was. And it was funny. Some people said, did anyone disappoint you? And I will say, no one disappointed me. More people surprised me in the best possible way. Yes, there was such great great people there. You know, everybody really rose to the occasion. I mean, being on Watch What Happens Live, I was so happy to be part of the Shade Assassins. Oh, that was great. The Bone Collectors. The Bone Collectors, the Shade Assassins. I love being known as the Shade Assassin because, you know, my sarcasm was appreciated. That's it. You're a shady bitch and you got the accolades you deserve. I got the accolades I deserve. What exactly. was the rose and thorn? Let's do a rose and thorn. Let's do a real housewife game before we start. What was the rose and thorn of BravoCon for you? I think the rose was just meeting all the amazing fans, the love when Joe and I were doing our fan photos and there was such a long line and I stayed longer to get through the photos and everybody was so sweet and the kissing and the hugging and not getting COVID. <laughs> oh my God. No, but just... Just the the love from everybody was was just amazing. That really was a, a rose. The only thorn was one of my cast members, regardless of what everybody sees on the media, that, you know, quick trying to weaponize bad behavior. It's just like that should have been kept on the down low. That shouldn't have made headlines. That shouldn't have been a statement made and, and videos put out there. That is something that happened private off camera and that they chose to blow that up is pathetic. Yeah, there was some bad behavior for sure from cast members not keeping it professional. Not definitely keeping it be professional. And I'm not talking about my friend Melissa Gorga because that wasn't it. Because we didn't speak ill of any of our cast on our panel. It was Melissa, myself, and Jackie. And 
Teresa and Dolores did not either. No, you had very stellar behavior. We had everyone very, else. everyone else had stellar behavior. And, and I, I'm just disappointed in that because regardless that I don't get along with, with some of my cast members, I would never say anything negative in a positive atmosphere. I, oh, that, I love that negative in a positive atmosphere. Yeah, this is a positive atmosphere. So there was no room for negativity here. I you know, some that. shady comments, you know, when we're doing the shade assassin thing, but in general, it, this was no place for that. This was all about fun, fabulosity, positivity, and bringing the fans together. And th there was no room for any negative behavior. I love that you say that. And today's guest is someone who has curated a space, spaces now, to really nurture people's creativity, positivity, love, kindness through the art of craft. Yes. I'm so excited. We have on Lindsay Peer, who started, who actually bought into craft studio when she was 21 years old and became full owner by the time of 24 when she had student debt and everything else. And the March started her business by crafting. You did the Macbeth collection. The decoupage. Decoupage. I was a big decoupage queen. Explain decoupage for those mm -hmm. who don't know. Who Those who don't know what decoupage is. The best way to explain it is it's just taking all little bits of artwork, paper, and applying it to a surface of anything you want to put it on and then lacquering it. So I did that on buckets. Mm -hmm. I used to do it with vintage wallpaper because I love vintage wallpaper. And it became an amazing business. But then we decided to do our own prints. And we were like the little decoupage queens. And then we started monogramming and all of those things. But yes, my business was formed out of a craft. I did it as out of a therapeutic hotter thing. Hotter and hotter as time has begun. It's very cool. Very hip now, crafting. This Americans, ain't your grandmother's crafts, people. Yeah, it is not. Six out of 10 Americans invested in new crafting and hobbies since the pandemic started in March 2020. So it's a definitely a hot trend. And obviously, we know there's some super successful businesses. Lingua Franca. Lingua Franca, beautiful cashmere sweaters that have embroidered wording on it, which I absolutely adore. Yeah. The owner of that, the owner and founder of Lingua Franca, literally picked up a cashmere sweater to burn off some anxiety and started sewing a message on it because that was something her grandmother had done when she was a little girl. And she did that to relieve anxiety. And now those sweaters have carried some of the most political controversial statements. They've been worn by celebrities, politicians, Hillary Clinton, everybody. It's amazing. One of your fellow Bravo Lebs has his own sewing business, Sewing yes. Down South. Seriously, Craig, he's, he's Sewing Down South from Southern Charm. I mean, that started out of like a crafting and now he's created a very successful business. So crafting doesn't mean cheesy or anything like that. It's super cool. You could create the most beautiful things. And it's also great for your mental health. It is. You know, Tom Daly, who is a gold medal winning Olympic British diver, he was very publicly pictured knitting in the bleachers at the Olympics before his events. And he said that it's a huge stress reliever for him. And he's gone on to launch a website with knitting kits. There's a, a charity component to his stuff too. Piers Brosnan paints. Judy Dench does needlework. Serena Williams is a potter. I love it. And you know, Joe Benigno does crafts with welding and it's not welding like work, but welding, making artwork. 
And he finds that very therapeutic. This little TIG welding. He does a little TIG welding. It's a very important thing. And research has shown that regardless of what medium you're using, crafting boosts your mood. It improves your motor skills. It helps cognitive function. It improves mental agility. It's just overall good for you. And it reduces reduces stress hormones, cortisol. Which I think a lot of us need to reduce our stress hormones. So I just think Lindsay Pierce, I'm just so excited to have her come on and hear about her business because I think this can help a lot of people, inspire a lot of people. She was a young girl in debt had student loans, just took a risk. Oh, and I just want to talk about, Lexi, you had mentioned um, Pinterest because a lot of people, yes. I just want to talk about that for one sec. Yeah, Pinterest. Digressing was, before Pinterest we get Lindsay on. Pinterest was founded in 2010. And that was also founded by three guys, three co-founders that founded another app that failed. They wanted to create like a shopping app where you could put stuff in your cart and save it there for later. And they found that people... St- put stuff there and they just wanted to really collect the ideas like a virtual pin board. So they started in 2010. There's now over 431 million people saving and sharing hobbies and ideas. I'm one of their most active users. When Pinterest came out, I was so excited. I would do my Pinterest board. That's how I would get ideas for my home or birthday parties for my kid and things like that. I mean, we're doing Nino's birthday gala. We are. Nino Fest has its own Pinterest board. Nino Fest has its own Pinterest board. And what is the revenue of Pinterest right now? This is how you know. This is what's crazy. Craft is the real fucking deal. This is no joke. The revenue of Pinterest last year was $2.6 billion with a profit of Three hundred and sixteen million on their oh, revenue. Oh my god! Could you imagine? The other thing I want to say is, guess what? Other businesses are made out of craft. Etsy. Yeah. Etsy, Look at huge all the people business. on Etsy. Yeah. And they're crafting at home. They're making things on their own. So people, it's a good business. So let's get Lindsay on. We are so grateful to have Lindsay Pierce here today from Craft Studio. Oh my god, Lindsay, welcome! We're so thrilled to have you here because. You're a little mogul. You're an entrepreneur. And the way you start is so interesting and so inspiring to our listeners. I am so honored and excited to be here. And I am so inspired by you both. And I'm such a girl's girl. And I love connecting with other amazing women who are rock stars. And the privilege is all mine. So thank you. Oh, thanks. You know why I was so excited to have you on is because I started my business, Macbeth Collection, basically by crafting at my kitchen table. I don't know if you know that. So yes, that's what it was. I was into decoupage and it was when I first had my son. And it really, I mean, the business had transformed, but it was basically, I was crafting. I needed something to do. So I think that's why I'm so inspired by your business because this is what you created and and you help so many people. So just, you know, I spoke about you before you came on, but just set the tone because you were a very young woman straight out of college when you yes. started this company, when you became yes. part of this company and you really grew it. Yes. So, well, thank you so much. And I love that. I love, I also love decoupage. That's still one of my favorite craft mediums. So I love that. So yeah, I had a very interesting story and I think that's why I relate so much to you. And I love your whole vibe is because I am a hustler. I came to New York for college when I was 18 and my parents very much said, you know, we we can't afford this. So, you know, you're going to be on student loans. It's going to take a very long time and you're going to have to work three jobs. And it was true. 
I got here. I was 18. I was like playing at Hollywood, working the merch counter, waiting table, express folding clothes, babysitting. And it wasn't enough still. And someone slid me a business card that said the craft studio. And so I didn't start the original flagship, but I remember walking up to it and thinking, oh my God, this is the most magical place in the world. It was a blizzard and it was a holiday window of gingerbread houses. And when Barbara, the original founder who I love, she just popped into our flagship today, started it, it was on a whim. And it just was a place where kids in the city could have birthday parties and not mess up apartments. And they did a little bit of plaster painting, but I immediately thought kind of bigger. And I was graduating college in three years to save money. So I pitched to Barbara, the owner. I said, can we have coffee? And literally on poster boards, I I don't think I had turned 21 yet. I was laying out for her. What if we do workshops? What if we do classes? What if we try and get corporations to have us come in and do adult team building? And she looked me in the eye and said, Lindsay, I don't want to do it anymore. Do you want to buy the business? And I was, I'm 21 years old. I have no money in student loans. And she said, I want it to go to you. Let's figure it out. So I worked it off. I don't want to interrupt you, but that's so impressive. Were you like, oh my God, I'm 21 years old. I've never had a business before where your parents like, my daughter's insane. She has student loans yeah. and all these things. And this yes. is what we paid for college yeah. for. We want her to be <laughs> yeah. a doctor, a lawyer. Yes. yes. No, most people said I was crazy. My mom and dad, I think, recognized the opportunity and they, they knew that I had a good gut. I always kind of had this gut instinct. And I think that's what a lot of entrepreneurs talk about. Do you feel that way that you just have Mm -hmm. this feeling if something's going to work or not? Yes, absolutely. I mean, I'm also delusional, but I think that's part of the charm that helps. It is. I think that's true. I think all entrepreneurs are a little bit nutty and also that they they feel it in their gut. So a lot of people are like, you're going to ruin your life. You're going to start your life even more in debt. What are you doing? But I think, you know, my parents and then my husband, who was my boyfriend at the time, was like, if you want to do this, girl, I believe in you. So it was the best decision I ever made. And it's evolved so much and grown. And really, we've been through some tough times. Like the market crashed, you know, when I was very early in in my tenure of being the owner. And then, of course, the pandemic. But I've gotten so savvy at understanding that business is like this. And if I can't handle the roller coaster, I better get off. So... Yeah, that's I I think that's absolutely true. I think business is a roller coaster. People don't realize that. I have that conversation a lot. People they're like, "Oh, you've had lawsuits, you've had this, you've lost money, you've made money." I'm like, "That's business. I don't know yeah. one business that hasn't had that." No, no. And and it comes with growth. It's the more you grow, I think the more you face these kind of real hurdles. And, you know, like you said, there, somebody's mad, there's a lawsuit, there's this, or is your product too much? Like it's, it's big life problems, but you learn how to handle them. And where you still lose sleep over something, I, now I'm like, okay, brush it off. This can't ruin your Lindsay life and your, in your every day. But yeah, so now we have a Tribeca location. We do a seasonal outpost in the Hamptons. We're in so many public and private schools all throughout the boroughs doing their after school programs. In COVID, we developed craft kits. Now I'm pretty regularly, I've been on the Today Show for, I've just booked my fourth time doing craft segments. Yeah, congratulations. Because that's not easy to get on the Today Show. I mean, the Today Show didn't want me for a long time. 
poo poo on them today show now that I'm on your net, you know, now that I'm on NBC. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's such a thrill and this is really exciting. I was exciting to tell you this. We're opening a Brooklyn location and that. Oh, oh, congratulations. We're officially announcing next week, but I did a I formed the escort for it today and it's happening. We have a location. So we're growing and I'm excited. That's a very big deal. I don't want to get ahead of it. But do you feel like this is something you want to franchise, grow across the country? Is that the goal? You know, to be honest, I did not go to business school. So people say, oh, or do you want to franchise it? Or do you, you know, I don't even think I understand all the ins, ins and outs of it. I definitely want to grow it. I love LA and everyone's like, you're crazy. That's across the country. How would you manage it? I, I feel like I want one in LA. I want one in Chicago. I want one in Boston, major cities. And yeah, I think it just networks itself into the community and the schools. And it's, I'm so, I love it. I, I, I want it to keep expanding and growing. Now, obviously you are very creative and that's where you feel the most comfortable. Do you have a business partner in this or a business mentor that helps you? Because we've been having a conversation about this this week. We're launching a new brand. And the thing that always scares me is the numbers, the business, the serious stuff. Because creatively, I feel very confident in yes. that space. Same, same. Me too. And, you know, in the beginning, a lot of people would ask me, where's your business plan? And I'm going to tell you the truth. I didn't have one. I, you know, I just kind of took over and just was flying by the seat of my pants. But I've always had mentors. I've always really learned from trial and error. I would say that I've been to the hard knocks school of business. I mean, I've been doing this. I'm 38. I started working there when I was 18 and very quickly came into the role of acting owner at 21. But I have amazing mentors, like my people, my team, like Noreen, who's my right hand, she's rocking it out with, we have a huge, busy Halloween weekend. She's managing the team for me. I have my accountant and my lawyer and both knew me when I was a kid. And they used to joke and say, Linz, we're not your, we're not your therapist where you come on love. Like when I had things in the beginning that I was like so nervous about and on the business side and the numbers, I do, I do have people that help me, but I do most of it myself. And I, a, lo- a lot of it is just, I know what works, but it's so scary, right? When you're that creative brain. Yes. But also, and for a long time, people were like, don't do this, don't do this. But my husband and I just started working together and he is much more savvy with that. He's always worked in positions for companies doing HR and projections and the stuff that I am not good at. And for years, everyone said, it'll hurt your marriage. But w- and when COVID hit, I think we learned that we make such a good team. And it's honestly the best decision I ever made. In the pandemic, I had an infant. My son was not even two months old. I had a three-year-old and a five-year-old and my business was failing. And here I am, I'm like trying to feed the baby and like this. And we just really realized we were a good team. I mean, we met in high school and he's like my biggest cheerleader. And I feel like it doesn't work for everyone, but for us, it was such a great decision. So it started with crafts, just people bringing in their kids, correct? When you started working there. Yeah. So you always have to reinvent, right? Because you can't keep doing the same crafts over and over again. You always have to reinvent. And I kind of follow the school year as my calendar, right? So in the summer, I'm brainstorming what's going to be the hottest trends. I try and look what's popular in pop culture because, you know, as a parent myself, I want to think what my kids are doing are fun and exciting and cool. And that's where I always start. I look at what's popular with the grownups or like in fashion. If feathers are really trendy, I'm going to do lots of crafts with feathers in it this season. If neons or, you know, obviously emojis never go out of style, you know, so I always try and look what the grownups like because I want the grownups to think it's 
cool. You know, I also think about, you know, I, I don't want it to be something you can get off. No, I love like the fast ordering of Oriental trading. That's amazing. And it helps so many people be creative, but I don't yes. want something you can order in a box that's, you know, multi-sensory, multi-step, like exciting. And, and for us too, it's about the process. We get a lot of parents who come in and say, oh, I want it to look exactly like the sample. And to me, I'm like, oh, I want the kit to be creative. It's the process, right? And I just think now more than ever, offering a service that's not connected to the internet or social media or even a screen, like that they can have screen three time, free time is so healthy. And so I feel really passionate about it. And, and so many people will say, oh, I have a sporty kid who's not, you know, creative. Or even when we do adult events, adults will be shy and be like, I'm not a good artist. I'm not a good artist. I'm creative and crafty and and exploring that side of your brain is so healthy and I think makes you excel with everything else. We you did talk some, about yes. this at the beginning, how great this is Lexi, for your mental Lexi health. Lexi had some statistics yes. that she pulled. So Lexi, yeah. those statistics. If you do any art therapy or craft for 45 minutes, you reduce the cortisol, the stress hormone, by 75% in your body. Wow. Wow. I did not even know that statistic. Yeah. And well, you should use that because that's a big deal. Such a big deal. And, you know, mental health is so important to me. I lost my brother to suicide yes, about we read and that. a half years ago. He was an incredible artist. And I I feel like, a, you know, if we were, well, first of all, if we were a little bit further along in mental health awareness, I think it, you know, if it was today, he might still be here because six years ago, it was still so taboo. And he had this mental health issue. And he would look at social media and once he was diagnosed, he thought, I'm, I'm never going to have a normal life. Look at everybody else. Has. I have this diagnosis and this problem and all these other people have perfect lives. And so for that reason, I, I want to do something that's I want to bring to the world, like something that's not disconnected. My dream one day is to have a foundation where we go into schools and I think middle school is the age and we bring in a mental health professional because I'm obviously not a mental health professional but also like an art project. And we and while we're crafting and not being connected and looking at the screen, we can talk to the students about how, look, not everything you see on social media is real. Everybody has problems, you know, that sort of thing. I am so, so grateful that you talk about this. I lost true. my father to suicide when I was 27. And the fact that people are open and brave to talk about their experiences just means the world to me. And I think the middle school really is the time I met a yeah. woman at an event and suicide is the number one cause of death for children in Pennsylvania and Maryland in 10-year-olds. Which is, which is so scary. It's and I so do scary. think, you know, my age and my son's age is 26, which I'm grateful that he, he's that age because I think moms now and parents now have it so hard and kids have it so hard with the social media that I didn't have to deal with that. Yeah. It, it's so disturbing because it's, it's compare and despair and we have to teach our children. And I think less computer time, less social media, yeah. because it's also upsetting for adults. It's a very rough place and it's not reality. And I think people don't realize that. And me being on a reality show, I know that it's right. not true. You're putting your best self out there, your best picture. You're taking a thousand pictures to make sure you look the best and great. It's not a candid shot and, and people don't realize that. And I do agree with you that we have to go into the middle schools and I don't like being on my cell phone no. and, and doing the pictures and I, at dinner and I'm just like everyone, their phone away. You know, I, I don't even take I my know. phone out compared to everybody on my show. I'm on my phone. Compared the least. to a lot of people in general in real life. 
in real life, I'm least. on my phone the least. And I'm like, put it away. I think being present and, yes. and doing other things is very, very important. And yeah. I think you're helping so much and with children helping so much and, and adults. And I'm, and I'm grateful for that. And I think we have to do more of this. Tell me what kind of crafts you do with adults when you go into team building and things yeah. like that. So it's amazing because again, at first everyone is so tentative, you know, you'll get teams in, they'll be like, Oh, I don't, this isn't for me. But once they get their hands dirty, it's, they won't stop. It's amazing. We've done everything from an American express building. We do chocolate houses, which is so fun. And oh we, my we God, do, I love chocolate. Oh my gosh. We're doing, we do a haunted Halloween chocolate houses, which we're making like crazy. Cause we have a million things going with them this week, but we brought the houses and for the team building event with their groups, they had to come up with a chocolate village that represented their goal for the end of the year. We have the candy clay fun that they're sculpting with and the sugar pop-ons and the edible glitter and the melted chocolate and they're building their villages. We've done, we'll make a custom craft for I Heart New York. We did fall wreaths on the Intrepid, making their you know, to bring fall awareness to how beautiful New York state is in the fall. And they had their team there getting inspired about their campaign for the fall, twisting on apples and leaves on wreaths. We've done tie-dye shoelaces at Bloomingdale's because they're launching a new shoe line and they want to make their own shoelaces to put in the shoes. And I think where we sort of excel is we're really good at saying, okay, what is your company? What do you want your team to work on? And what's tell us some little nuggets about your brand and we can customize a craft. Like I'm looking at that adorable pillow behind you with the mouth. That's a Jonathan Adler. <laughs> another amazing another business, amazing started, by business started by a craft. Love, love, pottery, love. pottery. And we'll do, you know, unicorn pillows for trying to find the unicorn idea for the year. And they'll all have a pillow and they'll add rainbow manes. And it's so fun and creative. And again, I think crafting sort of has this connotation, I think still of your grandmother in the basement crocheting a blanket. People hear the word craft, but it's so cool now and fun. And every personality we did at the at Met Stadium, we did, um, they did their own like baseball hats with sprays one day. So there's something for everyone. And I just think, again, it's so good to work that side of your brain. We leave school, we leave elementary school and not everyone does that stuff anymore. But it's great. It is good also because it's great for like your gross motor skills, your fine motor skills, your cognitive yeah. development. Now, do you yeah. find emotionally, are kids harder on themselves or are adults super critical when it comes to doing crafts? We at the craft studio, I have two philosophies. One is there are no mistakes in art and perfect is boring. And we have to say that to adults too. Personalities are so different. And I think you can really see them at, come out when you're working with a group of kids or adults. And you can see the perfectionist people who really have a hard time if they do something they didn't intend. And you're like, oh my gosh, but that splatter looks so cool. It looks like it's raining the blue paint all over the canvas. It's really kind of therapeutic to see people kind of work through that where they're a perfectionist and you're telling them, look, like that's there for a reason. That's amazing. It, so it didn't turn out how you imagined. How can we reframe this and, and turn your project into something else? I think the answer is kids and adults. It's such a personality. And I, unfortunately, I feel like they start to people who are have the perfectionist side come out pretty young, like three-year-old groups will still be like kind of carefree. But I think around four or five, those who are have that mindset, you start to really see it. 
But I hope that in having that philosophy in our studios or whether we're doing an event outside of the studios or in an after-school program, they carry that with them because I think being resilient and flexible, you can learn that lesson from working on a craft. I'm coming in with my son because he started a new school this week and he cried a few times this week and he's super confident and he's super fun and easygoing, but he struggled with work this week. And just because his school was a little more lax that he was at and this school yes. is a little more regimented he's going to be for this weekend and it's so funny because i'm You're, very because crafty. his mother's a perfectionist <laughs> she is but she's also a craft lunatic i'm you about are. to go paint a crate after this for his birthday party this weekend like what? a palette but i'm a perfectionist what? lunatic control freak with crafts yeah. and like maybe he and i need a bonding session of free craft to loosen yeah. us up I think no, you I need know. it for the show also I need with it. your I girlfriends. I think we're going to have to, next season when we film, I would love to have that as one of my experiences, experiences oh. that I would love for you to come out and do us with the girls because I think like we always have a bonding issue mm-hmm. um, and and the crafts and we're all type of, and we're also competitive bitches. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. We're competitive and Who's better at this and who's better at that? But I would love to do something like that. And by that time, my whole backyard will be redone. Yes, so could do something a nice outdoor craft. outdoor because we film in the spring summer. So I would love for you to come yeah. and do something like that with us. I would love, and it's so disarming. Like you know, you'll get a group setting where where everyone will be competitive or perfectionist, and then once you're in it, it's just the mood shifts. Everybody's just in it doing their thing. But I know what it's like on the parent side too. My oldest daughter, Elle. She is such a perfectionist and she was just diagnosed with dyslexia, which I feel like I've known she was dyslexic since she was preschooler because they're flipping of her letters. But in a way, I think in life, this hurdle is going to help her understand that we all have things we have to work through. And I try Mm -hmm. and make it clear to my daughter, oh, I have to count on my fingers for math still. Mommy has things that are very difficult. And it doesn't mean that you're not smart or or creative or bright or going to be successful. And so I think this little hurdle for her is going to help her with her perfectionism a little bit in life or a lot, a lot bit. Yes. You know? Where did you grow up? I grew up in a small town in Western New York, about 25 minutes away from Rochester, Brockport, New York. Yes, I know Brockport. Yes, I'm familiar. Yeah. There's a state college there, which is why some people know it. Yes. It was a beautiful place to grow up. My husband and I still have family there. So we go back a couple times a year. Very different than the city. Sometimes I can't even believe that we're raising our kids here because it's just so different than what we grew up with. But yeah, I love that I have that small townness in me. You do. You know? and, mm-hmm. I, and I love it because it's charming and disarming. And I, I think you have a beautiful perspective. And that's why I asked where you grew up because you're Oh. You're not like a hardcore nasty New York. Well, that's I think you, va- <laughs> you value hard, community. Which I feel you do. You value community, and I love that. I feel like I grew up in a small town outside the city, but I feel like I'm very much a New Yorker. You are a New but Yorker, but I do have a small town girl in me as well. I have an immigrant mentality. Not much, Joseph. So you have yeah. such a small town girl in you. You know everybody's you know, name. I know everybody's local. name. It's true, and I shop local, and I yeah. like to shop small. But I, I also have a very immigrant mentality hustler way about me as well. But you have such a sweetness, which I love. And I feel like that's why you're also, I think some people are also successful because the way they view life. And I see that in you, which is so beautiful. I just want to comment on that. That is the kindest compliment. 
And I can't even tell you how much that means. No, to I me. can almost cry because it's true. It's like, yeah. love the way you are. And it's like, yeah. well, you spoke about your brother. Oh, God, I'm yeah. pushy. Am I Ooh. hormonal? Do I need my pellets oh, off? <laughs> no, so it's cute. actually, no, it's You're actually so- very sweet. You're very Thanks. kind and caring. Tell me, how mm-hmm. many employees do you have now? Wait, before we move on, you're the best of both. You have that hustle and oh, that yes. smile town kindness. Thank That's you. the best of both. That's what I aspire to be. So I hope you. No, I hope you, you do. You have it. You have it. There's no aspiration. You have it. Because that's not an easy combination because I think some people get very jaded. Sometimes yeah. I wish I was a little more jaded because I've been burned a lot. And I'm sure I don't know if, you know, have you been burned in business? And yes, I, I've been burned and been hurt and. I will never forget when I became the owner, a friend of mine who, I don't know if you guys remember in New York, there used to be these restaurants called Burger Heaven. There was one near Bloomingdale. Yeah. Yes, yes. The family that owned it forever. I loved Marguerite Lucas was like such a mentor to me. And she they closed those restaurants after the pandemic, but or maybe it was before. But anyways, she gave me a reality check when I was going to be the owner. She's like, you are a person who loves people and making people happy. And you're going to learn that people it's hard. People will hurt you when you're, you grow and you're successful or you, you treat your employees like family, which I, I do. And I love that, but it's so hard. It's hard to be a business owner because not everyone understands what it's like to be the boss, but I, and I've learned to still keep my values and my core, but also to be a little bit more protective of my heart. And I've gotten better at rolling things off of me. Whereas before I would cry in the shower for like three days if a customer said something that hurt my feelings or a bad interaction. But in the scheme of life, I just try and remember, I can't let that instance take away anymore. I thought about it. I had my time to to reflect. And now I can't let it poison the rest of my day because no, tomorrow's not guaranteed. I don't want to waste the time I have today, the half hour that I've set aside to color with my three-year-old son. I don't want to be like obsessing about what happened. I've reflected. I got it. I got to get a little bit more armor on me, especially as I grow and hopefully continue to do the TV stuff. It's a hard lesson. But anyway, that's a long tangent. No, it is. No, not a long tangent at all. No, it it is a very hard lesson. I think also it's it's important because things that you, someone says something to you and they're upset with you or and you could carry that for a day. They've not even taken a second thought and they're on with their day and they've moved on. And when it crushes you, I think that was a big lesson I had to learn. Like someone else is already over this. You can't harbor this and think about it for three weeks. You just got to move on. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. I feel the same. And that's a lesson that I'm happy that I'm, I'll still dwell a little bit, but I'm always working on that. And it's an important lesson to learn. It is. I listen, I'm with you. I agree. And I feel like I've given a lot of people a lot of second and third chances. And then they could they continue to do sick shit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which is unfortunate. And it happens in life. But I don't want to change who I am. And I think that's what's hard for me. I think in business also. Yeah. You have to remember who you are and how amazing you are and not let that affect you. And it's really difficult but that's what we all got to work towards. It's true. You know, I noticed you said I set aside like 30 minutes to color with my son as creatives. I think 
it's hard to often manage schedules when there's a lot of moving parts. Yes. And we've been talking a lot mm. about how to manage schedules moving forward. And I'd read something about very successful people breaking their day up into 20 minute segments. I had this conversation with my mom. She was doing a little business coaching with me last night. And she was like, well, your life is not really a life that could break up into segments. How do you manage your schedule and not getting bogged down as a creative? I know it's really hard for me because, again, like we're talking about, we have that personality that's like hard to hone in, right? I think I might have a little bit of undiagnosed like ADD sometimes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I know that. Right? Yes, for sure. A million tabs open on my computer. But I've really tried for me to understand that I have a plan for the day and most of the time that plan doesn't happen, right? So I'll pop into, I'll go downtown to one of my stores and I'll say, I'm going to do X, Y, Z. And a a customer will come in who might know me or an employee will ask me a question and I'll get pulled and then the dominoes fall. I try and give myself a break if I don't accomplish my to-do list. I'll have the things that are must do for today. Like I must, and it might be a personal thing. It might be, I am going to, I'm going to get my flu shot today. That's priority one, or I'm going to get my flu shot and I'm going to have a call with my CPA and this. And then I know that those are the must do And then if the rest of it kind of falls apart, I just kind of give myself a break. I'm most productive on the business end after my kids go to bed. That's when I hop my laptop out and I answer emails. I'll do curriculum for the semester. But it's hard. I wish I had the answer, but it's sort of how I do it with my kids. I'll say, okay, today I'm going to go pick up the girls from school. I'm going to walk them to gymnastics. I'm going to say hi for 20 minutes and then switch out with my babysitter. You know what I mean? So it's not so regimented, 20 minutes, 20 minutes, 20 minutes, but I'll mark in little times for me to be a mom because I think for me, I mean, you were always moms, right? I love being a mom so much. And sometimes I have extreme guilt, like, oh, should I be working? Should I just be mom? But at the end of the day, I feel that I'm a good role model for them. And when I am a mom in those 20 minutes, I'm a really good mom if I'm walking them to school. I'm not on my phone. I'm cuddling them, telling them I love them. How was your day? Who did you talk to today? So the quality time I spend with them, I try and make it count. I think that's what's so important. That's a and very that good is. philosophy to that, have. Yeah. And I think that's perfect. And I felt like that's the way I was with my son growing up and my other, my stepkids and my, it just same thing. It's just like, it's the quality time when you are with them, you're so devoted and so present and so in the moment. And I'm not saying anything about other moms, but I think moms who do work take the time that they are with their children prioritize it so much that they're getting just so much attention when they are with their children. So I think that's so important. I'm very lucky. I was able to bring my son to work when he was born. And I've had such an amazing like mentor with you oh, for thanks. parenting as well as oh. business. We have business partners in licensing and I feel like I can now prioritize a mammogram, prioritize like Mother's Day at my son's school, but it's very frowned upon from male counterparts. Yes. We're in a female-owned company, Lex and I, and we prioritize. I know the things that are a priority to me. And so, of course, they're a priority to you and to my employees. It's funny. I don't know if she's going to listen to this, but someone who worked for me, I think she realized what kind of boss I was. And I think sometimes the grass is always greener in a bigger company or whatever it is. But 
I am very big with the life work balance. Yes. And I understand. I know I'm not like, oh, you can only take this amount of vacation. You can only do this. I like, as long as you get your work done, whatever works in the day. Like, but Lexi, you know, it's not like she's my employee. She runs my entire company, my everything. So it's like, you know, we're partners. So whatever works for everybody, as long as we get the stuff done. How many employees do you have? I have probably around 50 right now. Which is, which is a lot. That's a big team to run. Yeah. We're going to be hiring some more too because of our Brooklyn store. And I feel like we're in an interesting time with work-life balance. We're all so focused on our, on how important mental health is, which I always stress to my employees, your family, your long-term goals, your health is always number one. But I also believe in teaching the value of hard work. So when we are at work, I want to set the example because I think people look at someone like like you or me and, and they might not know how long it took us to get where we are. And I feel so passionate. Like I just posted um, the clip of the Today Show on my personal page and I said, I'm oversharing, but I want everyone to know this is 20 years of hard work and grit. And I hope it's inspirational. It's never too late. Like I've always said, I wanted to do the TV circuit and it's happened and it wasn't magic. It was hard work. No, so you're right. It takes a long time. Yeah. So I hope that I instill a kindness culture because I pride myself on being it's my it's the part of me that I'm the most proud of is how I treat people. And I grew up with parents who are so kind. And I think that's what they gave. My brother was so kind and nice, too. And my mom's like, I made him too nice. Oh, my gosh. I'm like, Mom, no, you you know, so that's my number one is I, I know we all have to have jobs, but I want an environment where people are kind and supportive. And the other hand is I believe in whatever you do in life, whether you're raking leaves or you're on Wall Street, it's a reflection of who you are. So we do a good job and we're proud of that. I agree. That's such a great work culture because I think that's not everybody's work culture, but obviously you have an environment that works and is that's why it's a testament to your success. No, thank you. No, it is. And that's very, very impressive. We ask everybody who comes on to the podcast three questions. We didn't even touch on your celebrity clients. And I know you have a lot of celebrity clients, which is so impressive. But tell me, well, this isn't even the questions I want to get to the get. What made you feel successful? When were you like, did you look in the mirror like, oh, my God, I feel successful? Uh, I think, man, that's, you know, I think it took a long time for me to really look in the mirror and say, oh my goodness, you've done this. I honestly think I probably felt successful during the pandemic when I made it through. I had experience-based business and I had sent an email. I never break the barrier of celebrities ever. Like if you were to walk in, I'd just say, I'm Lindsay. It's so nice to meet you. Even though I, I would know who you were, I treat you like, I treat you kindly, but I wouldn't. Yes, like everybody know, else. You know, I think that, I think in general, I found celebrities want to be human and have human connection. And And so when the pandemic hit, I emailed Savannah Guthrie, who, again, I only ever treated as a mom. And I said, I need your help. Like all the businesses in your neighborhood, we're all struggling. Like the dance studios are going to close. It's not just me, but, you know, these non-restaurant experience-based places. And she's like, I'm going to help you. And she put me on the Today Show. And it was April 2020. And I cried on TV and I talked about my business in it. And it was very eye-opening to, I think, a lot of people who at that moment 
for some reason, early in the pandemic, it was kind of mostly focused on restaurants. And mm-hmm. but there's all these other businesses, which the restaurants needed it. I don't want to not say that. No, but, of course. You know, but everybody but did. Everybody needed it. You think about it, like the the dance studios, the karate places. And when so many people wrote to me who knew me or not or said and said they heard of my business or that 10 years ago, I did a birthday party for their eight year old and it made a lasting impression. I think that was a moment where I really thought, wow, I need to keep doing this because I'm successful and I've made an impact on people. Yeah, you change people's lives. Yeah, you change people's lives. So tell me, I always credit my success to 50% determination, 50% delusion. Because if I don't believe my hype, who will? What percentages do you credit your success to? Such a good question. Okay, I would say 50% of hard work, like hustle, mm-hmm. hustle, hustle. A lot of my life just now I've started, I mean, still I work seven days a week. You know what I mean? I'm not in the store seven days a week, but no. I'm working on my computer. True. So mm-hmm. hustle, 50% hustle and 50% of believing in myself. And I can create a life that I I want. And my mom and dad instilled that in me. They said, you want more? You can get it. My mom always told me to look further. And my dad always said, you know, girl power. He's like, you can do anything, you know? And I think that I'm like, why, why not me? So kind of what you said, determination and delusion, like, right. Yes, it's true. It's absolutely true. And I think sometimes people think delusion is a bad thing, but I always say, if you don't believe your own hype, no one else will. Exactly. You have to have a little, it's like a faith that nothing's going to break you. And it's not, none of that pessimism comes in. And I think that's what it is. Yeah, I agree. We also ask everyone, what is your most entrepreneurial advice? So not business plan. What is it really like? Okay. I think you have to have some grit, like we talked about. I think what we said about the roller coaster, you have to hold on for the ride and know it's going to, no matter what, even though it feels like you're just going up and up, those hills are going to come and that you got to continue to believe in yourself and be able to pivot and ride the bumps. And if you can hold on for the ride, you'll make it. I'm sure you've had a lot of these, but what was your big girl panty moment where you like, I got to pull up my big girl panties? Yeah. Number one was when the housing market crashed and I was so young and I think I had $5,000 in an IRA and I had to go to the bank. Like that's how desperate I was that I needed $5,000 to put in my bank account. And the banker was like, this is a mistake. You're going to pay 30. I don't even know, whatever. But I was like, I'm going to fix this with $5,000. I'm going to do it. I'm going to reinvent myself. The market's crashing. I'm going to figure it out. So that was number one. I think when I first became the owner, I was pretty successful and I was making money. I was like, I'm going to go to Bloomingdale's and buy this and that. You know what I mean? You're young and you're spending money. Then you hit your first hurdle and you're like, oh. And then the second, I mean, the pandemic, I was like, okay, like this is the real deal. Like I have three very small children and two storefronts in Manhattan with landlords who are expecting their rent. And this is scary, but we, I, we did it. Yeah. You are so inspirational. Those are Uh great answers. And I think that you inspire so many people who want to start a business. I think you are helping people feel better about themselves. Kids. I mean, you're helping people with their mental health. Tell everybody where they could find you. I'm welling up with tears. I love this. This is the best. You're like infusing me with so much positivity. I can't thank you. Oh, enough. You're yeah. so but you're infusing oh, us. I with know. Positivity. I'm like welling up with tears. Too. I feel like we have such a connection. 
Yes. I love it. Me too. So you can find us. We have physical studio locations in New York and Tribeca and the Upper East Side, soon to be Brooklyn. Stay tuned. And But we have our website, craftstudionyc.com. You can order craft kits. And also on Instagram, we're always posting cool videos at Craft Studio NYC. Yeah. So that's where you'll find us. Yeah. And people could book you to do private parties. Yep. We travel all throughout the tri-state area. We've traveled to even the West Coast and we can do virtual events. We do a lot still. That's a cool thing is we do a lot of virtual events where we ship. A lot of teams are virtual now. So they'll want to do team building and we'll ship a kit and we'll lead a Zoom for them too. So that's still happening. Oh, so that's, that's amazing. Very cool. Well, thank you so much, Lindsay. Thanks so much. Such thank a you. pleasure. And I'm so honored to be here. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank this you. was great. so nice to meet so you. So nice meeting you. Well, we Us can't wait too. to come yeah. in. And we'll come visit. Yeah, we're, we're going to come in. We'll come no, visit. for sure. Next season on The Real Housewives New Jersey. I'm so happy to be connected with you too. Me too. You too. Good luck with your project. Thank, Thank you. you. That's going to be this afternoon. Pinterest yes. craziness. Bye. Bye. What I a really, great I guest. Love the, I love that Lindsay Pierre. Oh, I, I think so many people think creative arts, like a whimsical thing or crafting is like a, something for your grandmother or your aunt, but it's no, crafts it's are proven to help you mental yeah, health. Yeah, it's proven to help your mental but she's really changed people's lives. Yeah. And truthfully, people, get your kids off the computer. It's you you want the truth? It's known to too much TV, computer games, things like that. Make your kids antisocial. Yeah. Could cause ticks in children. It's proven. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. That's why they say flashing lights in a nightclub could cause seizures because it does do something to the synapse in your brain. So get your kids out, have them doing art projects. It's good for your mental health. It's good for our mental health. It's a great way to connect with your children yes. too. Like go, it's the fall. Go gather some leaves, make your leaves into a little fall turkey's tail, stick them on a page, put it on the fridge. Art therapy and craft therapy is proven to boost kids' self-esteem. And I, I went to art college and I'm sure I was delusional enough to think I could get there because my mom constantly did crafts with me. And while I was busy at BravoCon with you this weekend, my mom went to the park and she picked up all different things from the park and made like a full display with Nino. And he was so proud to show that to me. It does really boost kids' self-confidence and self-esteem. It does. And I think, listen, that's how I started my business, like I said earlier. So Listen, I hope you guys enjoyed this. Lindsay Pierre, everybody follow her craft studio. And if you're in the tri-state area, but even if you're not, she'll send craft kits to your children, to adults. And listen, Caviar Dreamers, we're happy to be back. We're back and better than before. Our sound is amazing. And we're about to do a new photo shoot. Yeah, we're about to do a new photo shoot. So we're going to have a new cover art. I'm going to be coming to you. Looking really extra special. Oof, Both of us. Love it. Love it. Thanks for listening. And if you love the podcast, don't forget to leave us a five-star review at Apple Podcasts. Follow me at The Real Margaret Josephs. And me at The Life of Mrs. B. And the podcast at Caviar Dreams Tuna Fish Budget. Tune in every Wednesday for new episodes. Keep, Keep dreaming, dreaming, Caviar Dreamers. dreamers.